This episode of Jackie's Groove is brought to you by Jambox. Jambox is a hands-free, breath-powered MIDI instrument that brings the joy of music creation to all ages and all abilities. Visit Jambox.com. J-A-M-B-O-X-X.com. The obstacle is darkness. You're living in an invisible world, right? Only you could see Harry Potter. To everybody else, it's like, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I could see me at the garden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could see the magic city. People's like, man, you're not going to be nothing. It's not going to happen. You're just a dreamer. There's a billion people doing what you're doing, what makes you think it's you. You know what I mean? These are the things that you have to withstand. If you can withstand these kind of things and really believe in faith and believe in faith and in destiny. Because a lot of people that's listening, what's going to happen is people are going to discourage you. They're going to say, it ain't going to happen. Um, and whenever they say that, always remember, this is when it starts to happen. Dig you it. know what I mean? <laughs> journey with us through the rhythm of the music business with your host, Jackie Bertoni. Jackie's Groove. Hey, this is Jackie Bertoni, brought to you by Intertalk Radio. Uh, connect to all things music. Hey guys, it's April the 4th. It is Wednesday, and I'm proud and I'm honored to bring into my studio and onto the network a gentleman I've been a fan of for years, and of course, millions of people throughout the world have been a fan also. I'm going to cut right to it, man. I'm going to welcome, with open arms and open arms, open arms to Jackie's Groove, Mr. Wyclef Sean. Wyclef, welcome to the show, my brother. What up, fam? It's all love. You know, I had to take this time out. I'm actually um, at the bowling alley with my daughter. You know, she's 13. She had a birthday. So I'm um, very excited. You know, I'm growing up. You know what I'm saying? And um, at the same time, still could be a cool dad to my daughter. So that's the best thing. Family and uh, everybody listening, it's an honor to be on the show and stuff with y'all. Thank you, brother, man. I mean, it's family first, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just gonna kick it all off. And let's talk about the Carnival Tour 2018 that's on now. What do you want to educate the people worldwide about and why they shouldn't miss this amazing event? Um, the Carnival Tour is a one-man show. Basically, the whole stage is set up like a studio. I take you through a time machine. We started in 1994 and we finished in 2018, you know. Um, I'm like one of the last of the musicians from the 90s that could go from cassette tapes to streaming rates, you know. So all of the new material they stream like, you know, over 100 million through Spotify and iTunes and all of that. And then all the classic material, not just Wyclef material, but material that I've written for people, whether if it's Carlos Santana, Maria Maria, DJ Khaled samples that, whether it's My Love's Your Love. So the show is an interactive show like Discovery. It's sort of like, you know, after Quincy Jones did like Michael Jackson Thriller right. and all of that, right. and he decided to tour the world with a symphony, so because, you know, to show them who the man behind the music is, you know. So this is like a way of thanking my fans for showing them, you know, who the man behind a lot of the music is, you know. I love it, man. You know, so basically you're giving back and you're saying giving, giving thanks back to the people who made Mike Leff what he is today. And, uh, yeah, and I, you know, um, in school I was a jazz major also, you know, and the cool thing about the jazz musicians understood that at times you got to pack your bag and go around the world and thank fans from all over for what they've been doing. So it's I'm very thankful, I'm very grateful, and this is my way I give the fans back an experience. Um, putting this together, the um, the Carnival Tour, was this a long time in the making, or was this something that came off the top of your head? No, definitely we was trying to rock out and do it, but remember I, I tried to become president of Haiti, like Fela Kuti tried to be president of Nigeria, 
uh, John Lennon after the Beatles, he, he, you know, he had to give peace a chance movement, you know what I mean? Right, right. So this is like, basically like coming back, you feel me? So that's why it's called the rise of, you know, the, the fallen rise of a refugee. So, you know, not many, too many hip hop artists could go and be like, oh, I'm coming up, we're setting a tour. And the love is definitely real, you know? And let me ask this question. You just brought it up a second ago. The fact that you ran for presidency of Haiti, what was your motivation from that, Wyclef? Tell the listeners out there, what was the what was the premise of this? Was it looking for change of the people? What were you trying to prove and what were you trying to take away with that? I mean, 80% of my population is living on less than a dollar a day. You know, what y'all didn't see behind the scenes was I was the biggest negotiator in my country for the UN and the gangs. You know, I stopped a lot of the violence. I also went down to Washington, D.C. I got a lot of a bill called Hope um, passed for my country. It was the textile company um, bill. Um, 80% of my population, like living less than a dollar a day, 50% is under 21. Um, and I'm their leader. So at the end of the day, when I stepped up, I felt like we had a chance where we could have got better policy, better legislation. The greatest thing that we have in our country is human capital in the soil. Dang it. I wanted to set up a program with agribanks like they do in Israel and different parts of the world. So um, once again, not only do we talk about it, you know what I'm saying, but we actually got the brain to make that change. So um, even if they took me out of the race, there's a young little white cleft right now that's like 13 years old. That's like, I'm going to be president of Haiti. Love it, and that's man. what it's about. Hey, and white cleft, what is the current government? Do they do they approve your stance on your political views or are they trying to shun you like um, our government does? No, no, they definitely approve the views. You know what I'm saying? All I could do is keep going with my strong beliefs, you know. And um, I just really have one focus. The focus yeah, is the youth. And the idea of the youth is education and economical freedom. And in order to do that, you have to use the resources of the country. You know, and, and that's such a good point because, you know, we all were children at one time, you know. And I believe and what I understand and what I read is your father was a pastor um, in, in the service and he didn't really approve of your music itself, the devil's music as it was written. Um, does he come to accept your success now and what you, uh, what you put forth? I mean, my daddy passed away, you know what I mean? And before he passed away, he came to one of my shows, Carnegie Hall. And the only reason he came, I told him, I tricked him. I told him I'm playing with a gospel choir, you know what I mean? I love but he it, came, I love it. Was, it, was, it was the greatest show of my life, man. Carnegie Hall, Wyclef and Friends. Everybody was in there. But the greatest thing to me was he got a chance to see me with his eyes open and where he can hear. And, um, and he was like, you know when you know you made it, it's when when the people in the arena they come to see the man they don't come to see the color you know yeah. and I think that was his way of saying you know you've captured universal peace and love you know and when you think back about it for a second just think for a quick minute was there a person family wise or other that was your inspiration that was your mentor to write the music and become who Whitecliff is today definitely I credit that to the village in Haiti I used to hear the old folks just singing in the village constantly. Um, okay, cool. I used to hear, um, the people in the village, hold up one second. Go ahead, man. Yeah, cool. No problem. Yeah. That's my daughter. Yeah. So I, I credit that to that, but growing up in the church and playing music and singing songs, right? So my dad was a missionary. Um, so you, I get to America 10 years old, you know, I'm worshiping every Sunday, Dude. you know, I'm going through the hymn book and when the hymn book is done, my dad's like, okay, well, you ran out of hymns. You got to start making up songs. Then I became the choir director. Um, and all of that music just lived within me. You know what I mean? Yeah, dig it. You know, and, and Wycliffe, you know, other than the the ability to write and to become, you know, the guitarist that you are, but what turned you into a multi-instrumentalist? Was it the music that you were trying to produce and create that called for that set instrument at all? Or do you want to share with us on that? Yeah, well, that really came, really, I got those chops from my dad's church, you know? So every instrument that came in the church, you know, if it was drums, I had to learn how to play it. Bass, you know? Um, and then in high school, it crafted more because as a jazz major, you know, the first one of the first instruments I was introduced to was upright. Yeah, so I wanted to be a conductor. So, you know, I was inspired by, like, Gershwin and Quincy Jones. So I at least wanted to have an understanding of instruments and somehow my neuro was able to pick up like 10 different instruments. 
at now, a time. Would you say that guitar is your main axe that you play, or uh, do you share it, uh, the equal love with all the instruments? It's so funny because when people say I see me play bass, they say I play bass better than guitar. So, but my my love instruments is piano, bass, and guitar. Great writing instruments. Let's talk about hip hop guitar. Mm-hmm. You want to? Uh, well, I elaborate? think like moving, yeah, yeah, like moving towards the future. I'm inspired the same way Dr. Dre was inspired to come up with beats by Dre. You know what I mean? Um, I'm the only hip hop guitarist in my generation. Um, the Fuji's, the vocab was the first acoustic hip hop song ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the idea of instruments, live instruments, and music. So. It's been two years now I've been developing what will be the first hip-hop guitar of our generation. Um, we're still working on the coding from a kid that's six years old could pick it up to a kid that's 60 years old. The algorithm of how you're going to play this guitar is basically how I learned how to play, where I'm self-taught. Indeed. So being self-taught, um, I can teach people how to play guitar in like 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. Man, that's so cool, man. You know, because again, feeding back and giving back to the babies um, our next generation music, and I'm I'm real curious, and so are my listeners, and so are your fans. Um, but what was the, you know, if you can think back, what was the main struggle that you went through to become the white cliff that you are today? What were the obstacles that you faced? I mean, the obstacle is darkness. You're living in an invisible world, right? Only you could see Harry Potter. You know what I mean? And it's like to everybody else, it's like, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I could see me at the garden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could see the magic city. And and um, people's like, man, you're not going to be nothing. It's not going to happen. You're just a dreamer. There's a billion people doing what you're doing, what makes you think it's you. You know what I mean? Um, and um, these are the things that you have to withstand. If you can withstand these kind of things and really believe in faith and believe in faith and in destiny, because a lot of people that's listening, what's going to happen is people are going to discourage you. They're going to say, it ain't going to happen. Um, and whenever they say that, always remember, this is when it starts to happen. Dig it. You know what I mean? and, and also, how much does faith drive you in writing music and inspiring right, and what you write? Faith is everything, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm inspired by people. I could never run out of inspiration. I've been through so much. I've watched my friends go through so much. I travel parts of the world, you know what I'm saying? And I've seen so much, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm joined in the hip through this music vibration with musicians all over the world. You know, and, you know, and Wyclef, I'm 57 years old, and I've been through the industry uh, a number of years. I've seen the change, not on a, on a yearly basis or on a monthly basis, but a daily basis. If you were a young man again, you were coming up in today's industry, what would you try to overcome? What difference would you make to put your best foot forward and to make it make sense of the music industry of today? I mean, really putting your best foot forward means originality, you know, um, just basically um, believing in yourself and make sure that you surround yourself with some of the right people. You know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, when I look at my, my 20 year old self, people that was with me is either dead or in prison. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. To you. And, and you get that one chance, like my record says Hendrix, like you really get that one shot. So I always talk to the 20 year olds, like Kodak Black, different kids. And I'm like, yo, at the end of the day, I'm like y'all. The only thing that was changed was that idea of making that right choice. And that's what I always encourage kids to do. Now, when you think back and asking this question, it's almost like asking, you know, who your favorite child is, but does Wyclef have a favorite album? Of your own. Yeah, definitely. My favorite. Uh, no, not yet. I still, I'm still working on that one. Love it. Um, but my favorite album of all times, Exodus by Bob Marley Dig and it. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Why on both? Well, I mean, the expression of Marley and how he used, you know, words and the, the grooves um, and the phonetics and the parables. For me, that was incredible. Pink Floyd, the minute I heard that album, I wanted to be an engineer. So automatically at a young age, I fell in love with rock through Pink Floyd. And then I knew that the music I would produce would, would be one word. It's eclectic. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You know, and, and I'm real curious to find out also, too. With that said, does have you heard through the industry that Pink Floyd knows that you're a fan of their music? Out of curiosity? I mean, of course, not only Pink Floyd knows I'm a fan of their music, Pink Floyd, I'm the only one that they gave rights to to do Wish You Were Here. 
Oh, that's so, very cool. Um, and they heard it and they was like, yo, Wyclef, we love this version. So shout out to Pink Floyd. Yeah, man. You know, because we have such a cross-section of people worldwide that tune into Jackie's Groove. And I, I got to ask this yeah. question because I'm real curious. When you sit down to write, what is your writing process? Is it instrumental first? Is it words first? What inspires you to sit down? And does Wyclef, do you ever find yourself in writer's block at all? Well, I mean, it starts, a lot of it starts with words, right? So I'm a natural poet. I've been like, been into hip hop since I've been 11. So as a hip hopper, words are constant. Um, sometimes they come from words, sometimes melody, sometimes from an instrument, a theme, sometimes from a beat, you know what I mean? Sometimes from a bass line. It comes from various energies and places. And I love it, man. Because, you know, you, the aforementioned Bob Marley, um, my question to you, and I'm real curious to find out, other than Damien and Ziggy and Kimani and and uh, and and the and the, the Marley Boys, did you ever get a chance to collaborate or even meet Bob? No, no, no. I wasn't really like around. I was like a little baby, you know. What I mean? uh, it's like I was just a little fan. Me and me and Steve Marley, you know what I mean? We're like real tight. You know right, what right. I mean? So that when Bob was around, I was like little kid like them. You know what I mean? moving around, but I'm real tight with Steve. Me and Ziggy Marley, we both born October 17th, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Um, so, we got a great connection. You know, I gotta ask you a question, man. I was I was stalking you, if you would, on the internet. I saw this crazy video of a gentleman by the name of Shaquille O'Neal, and he was coming out of an office, and he was singing Guantanamera with a sombrero and a, and a, and a, and a uh, serape on him. What's, what's the background of that? How close are you with Shaq? I mean, Shaq's my man, you know what I'm saying? We go all the way back to Jersey, you know what I mean? Shaq, original Newark crew. Um, it's all love through the years. We connect over and over again. You can look old photos online. you see the Fujis with Shaq. Um, the album, The Carnival, is one of Shaq's favorite albums. The song Guantanamera by me, he's obsessed by that. And, you know, he, he's always doing, like, funny stuff. Him and Will Smith, like, two of my favorites. Yeah, friends. man. You know, and, and speaking of uh, earlier about all the hits that you wrote, let's go back for a favorite song of mine and worldwide also, a song called Maria Maria, in which you uh, mm -hmm. you wrote along with um, personal friends of mine wrote with you on that song, uh, Carl Parasso, mm -hmm. Roland, and everybody from Santana. What was your inspiration mm -hmm. and were you happy by the success and the trajectory that placed Santana in a different mode of music with Maria Maria? I mean, of course, for me, it's a transformation. Um, if you speak to Carlos, he'll tell you. He sat, I looked right at him, and I hit the, the, the started playing the Fender Roads, and the record started. For me, I was a big fan of Carlos, still a big fan of the Gypsy Scales from Woodstock. They used to play a very mysterious scale. Dig it. Um, I'm also a big fan of West Side Story, um, the movie. Really? So I just knew for my generation at the time. So when you hear the song Maria Maria, it reminds me of West Side Story. Absolutely. So Maria is the girl from West Side Story. And then so what happens is if you put Santana in the middle of that. So once again, just another weird thing that comes from my brain, you know what I'm saying? It manifests. And uh, let's let's move over to Hips Don't Lie with Shakira. What was the inspiration behind that tune? I mean, you know, coming from the Caribbean, I love to do records to make people dance too, you know what I mean? That's some of my strong points. And, um, and Shaki, that record, Hips Don't Lie, was done two years prior to doing it for Shakira. I did it for Clive Davis for a soundtrack, Havana Nights. And then two years later, Shaki needed a song. She heard it and wanted to flip it. And then there you have it. I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, it's like anything. I'll listen to anything that she puts out anyways. I have to ask another question, too, and it's really important to me. And, you know, you can choose to answer yes or no. But how, how bad do you miss the Fugees as a collaborative group? Well, I mean, once a man, twice a child, you know right. what I mean? It's like I did this score, and it sold like 30 million. After that, I did the Carnival 7, then we did 911, and all of the great music that you talk about. Like, I really don't look back, you know what I'm saying? But I'll always miss my foundation. Foundation is like saying, do you miss your high school basketball team? Of course I do, you know what I mean? But I'm playing for the NBA right now, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I dig it, man. You know, and I got to ask a question, man. You know, my, my, my best friend, Paul Parker, um, big, big fan of Wyclef, he asked me to do me a favor and ask you, because we're car nuts, please tell me that you still have the McLaren F1 in your stable. Oh, man, tell him I love the F1, but I had to sell that. But tell him that he is going to go crazy 
I'm working on my first concept motorcycle right now. Are you really? So, yeah, yeah. So I'm creating something called the Clef Kits, and it's going to be like a few futuristic things um, from cars to bikes. You know what I mean? Is it going to so, be? Um, so is... you'll actually be able to see the first concept bike that I'm going to rock with in the next two months. You'll see it on my Instagram. Now, is this going to be in the vein of a uh, pocket rocket, if you were, a rice burner, or is it going to be more of a cruiser like a Harley and uh, an Indian and so on? Definitely a cruiser, futuristic cruiser, because we're older now, you know? Man, you know, I, I think it's really cool because I'm curious. And, you know, I, I asked that question because I'm a former Harley-Davidson writer for years. But because of my my infliction of multiple sclerosis and, the, and that kind of affected my balance, it, it's kept me from riding on two wheels. Is there any plan at all for you to maybe make available as a trike? Yeah, no, definitely. We thought about that. I got a friend the same way, just like you. You know what I mean? That's why we want to work on something very white conceptually with balance. It won't take you much to move the bike. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's it's such a, a great situation because, you know, I'm all about, the industry knows that Jackie puts his best foot forward and there's no secret that uh, MS has changed my musical trajectory in the way of being a, a worldwide tour and uh, and turning yeah. it around to radio and to uh, in the studio playing as a percussionist. Um, but I'm, I can yeah. tell you, you know, you being the innovator of all these years, I was introduced to a company called Jambox, J-A-M-B-O-X-X, Dot com in which they are a proud sponsor now of Jackie's Groove and their talk radio. It's a MIDI-controlled wind instrument that looks like a large harmonica. And for those who have been inflicted with diseases, your friend, myself, that limits your ability to play with your hands and or your feet, um, as long as you can breathe, suck and blow, if you will, you can play any instrument that was taken away from you. And if I, if I, if I can just, you know, I know how much... You're into education. But if I, I'm going to play a couple mm-hmm. tunes for you right now, if I can, I want you to hear Jambox. Now, the first couple tunes I'm going to play you are kind of obvious of what it is. But I want you to hear um, a couple tunes real quick. Paul, can you go ahead and bring that up? Check this out. Now, this is a gentleman that that has lost the ability to use his hands. But he's playing the clear, uh, uh, careless whisper. Uh, is a tribute to uh, to uh, to uh, George um, George Michael, and the second tune we're going to play from another gentleman that is uh, that's been inflicted by um, he's a paraplegic, but I want you to hear uh-huh. his his rendition and his song. Check this out. It's, it's, uh, I mean, that, that, those, again, those are two obvious choices. Those are being played with the wind instrument. But I'm going to play the final one for you, and it's going to blow you out of the water because it's, you know, even though we're on radio, you can't see this. But I want you to close your eyes for a second and listen to what a guitar sounds like through Jambox. Go ahead, Polly. Now, if that is that's not crazy enough. I mean, that sounds like Carlos Santana playing, um, and that is all done through um, breath at all. And I want to make sure I get this out to you because I, there's not a studio, home studio and or a corporate studio that should be without a jam box. I want to get one out to you, and I want you to check this please, out, man. Please, please, and my people will definitely get that to me. Make sure I get that. I'll get and, it out. To, I'll get know, it out to man. I've heard of jam box, right? And it's so funny because me and Santana was talking about vibration, right? And a lot of times people forget the genesis of the sound comes from a vibration, right? Absolutely. So, and that's just the genesis of it, right? So, um, so in overstanding that, I definitely commend the guys with the jam box, and I look forward to to um, to hearing more. Yeah, I'll put it out to Madeline, and I'll get it out to Sky. And I also want to say, you know, for a man that's been, uh, you know, on the forefront of music, I got to give you props, brother. You know, the whole idea of heads up music. Now, I don't know if that's just a label that you're playing for, if you're a partner in that, but with Madeline being the head of the label itself, I think it is so amazing that you've incorporated your business into an office full of women. And uh, Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a partner, and it doesn't, it don't get no better than a full independent label that's a woman label. I don't get bigger than that. They're innovative, they're smart, they're quick, you know? And I love us men, man, but, you know, um, 
for example, my comeback in the past three years, streaming over 100 million on Spotify with all of the new Wyclef material, this is all credited to how these um, young entrepreneur women are moving. So it's, it's incredible. You know, I think it's amazing. You just talked about the the the, the humming and, and the vibrations of music, and you talked about the aforementioned fact about jazz. Everything that we're doing today is jazz inspired. It's not one song that's out right now that's being written that hasn't been touched by jazz. Do you agree with me on that, a hundred percent? Three trillion percent. You know okay. what I mean? And I'm living testimony of that. You know. What I mean? So people be like, I mean, it's hard. I could try. I keep every generation. They're like, how come he keeps coming back? Then you got Young Thug with songs that are called Y Clubs. I'm like, yo, we don't understand. And I'm just like, you know. Um, once you understand the fundamentals of jazz, um, the science of it, right, the algorithm of it, then you understand um, how to move forward. It's so funny. So my first, when I'm putting out the hip-hop guitar, I'm going to be putting out my first instrumental album with it. Really? Yeah, so you can imagine of my first guitar album, like all instrumental. Um, so, I mean, we're probably two years away from that, but you you can imagine like my influence and um, you know what I mean like you put a Carlos Santana a Thelonious Monk mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Miles Davis bitches brew in Wyclef's brain you know what I mean like you don't know, I don't know what's coming out you know what I mean? when you sit down and you so, put this yeah. when you put this music together Wyclef are you gonna, are you doing this at a home studio or are you doing it at a major studio are you using Pro Tools are you using Logic what are you doing in the way of the process. Man. I mix hardware with software, so now everything's converted to the box, you know? Um, so we use Pro Tools. We also use Apiton um, Live. We also use Fruity Loops, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the hardware part, we just, you know, we, we smash it into the Pro Tools, you know what I mean? But we move with a small rig, you know? Um, technology has been converted now to to us being able, uh, through plugins, to work through the box. Can we talk about Sakafet that we started the uh, the show off with itself, the inspiration behind that, and what is the meaning of that song? Okay, so Sakafet is saying, like, what's up? You know, if you're from China, it's Niho Ma. You know, you could say Shalom, you know, Al Salam Alaikum. It's like, you pick your language, Tudu Bang, whatever. It's like, we good, we here. And it's the first song from the new mixtape, which is called Why Clef Goes Back to School. Uh, the reason why Sakafet is coming from Haiti, I wanted to incorporate a phonetics that was in Creole because Haiti has been in the news in the forefront. And I wanted to give y'all something that's not in the Rosetta Stones. Damn. And the hook is so cool because I'm saying Sakafet, Sakafet. And then I said, and that means what's good, what's good, what's good. And the story of Sakafet is I go back to the start of, of how the neighborhood was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, raised, raised on this block. You know, I watched police shooting back and forth. I watched the youth, you know? I watched my, my, my cousin go from drug dealers to the Mona Lisa painting being shot off the wall, you know? Ouch. And I'm basically letting the youth know at the end of the day, it's like, I write like Johnny Cash, I just write honest. And I'm saying at the end of the day, um, we could go back to the love. The love is like sock up fit. What's good? What's going on? Everything's gonna be okay. You know what I mean? You know, so I dig it. Because when uh, when Madeline set the song to us, um, I caught mm-hmm. this fifty seven year old man named Jackie Bertoni with my head down, and I was I couldn't stop bopping. And all night long, my wife yeah. and I walked around the house singing sock up fit, sock up fit. You know, and it's like it brought back memories of the old third world soon song called. Um, now that we found love, let Natty shook, let Natty shook all over the place. And it's that hook yeah. that, that, that brings back and it evokes the response. When you say Sakafet, when you, is it your dream to look out in the audience and see the tens of thousands of people bobbing their head in rhythm to what it means? Definitely 100%. And that's what's been going on with the tour. And that's what's going to continue from millennials on down. You know what I mean? Like Sakafet and, um, so if you are loving that, you can imagine what the whole mixtape sounds like while Clark goes back to school. And I want so to I'm t- inspired and it's going to be great. And I want to talk about this also, which is really cool. Because of the Carnival uh, 2018 tour, you're going to be out in our neck of the woods. And I think it to be kind of funny that the, it, it is falling on f- 420. Is that a, is that a <laughs> is that a coincidence or is there a uh, is there a message in that that date? 
definitely, you know, that's a I think we dropped you right there. Let's see. It just landed on that day. Yeah, it's uh, and 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 just so you know, it's literally about fifteen minutes from our studio here in San Diego. It's a gorgeous venue. You are going to tear it up, my brother, up there itself. It's you know you you're you, it's it's going to be amazing. And uh, now what? Now let's talk about the size and audiences that you're performing in front. Do you have a preference if you're playing in front of ten people or if you're playing in front in front of a hundred thousand people? What? inspires you uh, regardless of size of audience um i'm just inspired by people you know what i mean so when we do like these big symphonic shows with the symphonies we have like big large crowds and then when we do like the one-man show it's like a thousand people packed in a room and it's like just the energy and the love is very strong you know what I mean? now when you say a symphony talk to me about the setup in the way of musicianship that is touring on the carnival tour 2018 yeah, the hip hop symphonics where we combine uh, symphony with hip hop music. Perfect, I love it, man. And 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 in Wyclef, if I can be so blatant and ask you um, uh, if I can read a couple, actually more than a couple, but we have some great responses from our listeners and your fans. If I'm going to read off a couple of those, if I may, uh, and uh, they like an answer, a shout out. So let's start out with uh, a friend of mine, Kristen Lee, who actually works for the network. Uh, was there a song or album when you were younger that inspired you to play music? What album was that and what song was that? Um, I would say um, for me, when I heard Bob Marley's Exodus, Movement of Jaw People, um, it inspired me and I knew I wanted to to write my own songs, you know? And and are you happy with what came out of your brain onto paper? Uh, I, every day I keep trying to improve it. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. And also, too, from Barbara Reed, she, um, I, I love this question. What was the inspiration for Borrowed Time? Um, borrowed Time, uh, uh, um, so many different records. Uh, Tracy Chapman, um, Fast Car, Billy Joe, We Ain't Start the Fire, um, you know, Tupac's um, version of the Bruce Horn beat, that's just the way it is, you know. Um, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? And just wanted to write a record for the times. You know, and I'm going to ask a question also to a question that's been in my mind for um, ever since I knew I had the opportunity to uh, interview Wyclef. And I'm going to ask this question from um, from Mike Kimball. And of course, the other hundreds of thousands of people that want to know this. Will there ever be another Fuji, uh, Fuji's reunion? They said never say never, right? So I'm going to stick to that. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that because I've asked um, Al Demiola if there would ever be a reunion of Return to Forever. Um, he said the same uh-huh. thing. He said the same thing. Never say never in this industry itself. And I think that's going to give a lot of inspiration to the people out there that are fans, not only Wyclef and Lauren, but the fact of getting a chance to hear the Fugees now, you know, uh, uh, of getting back together. And with that said, what, and putting the cart well in front of the horse, if that reunion comes together, will the Fugees be performing all the songs that made them famous, or are they open-minded to write what's new and what's current? I think a combination of and inspire, you know, and I've always been a forefront, like as a Fuji producer, um, the Fugees are very progressive and constantly will, um, you know, test it. It'll never get old with, with time. It's constantly being invented. You know, and I think I touched on it before about, um, you know, your involvement in music incentives and education for the youth itself. Is there a program, is there a website that people can go to and to reach out to you in the way of um, donations and the way of, uh, of crowdfunding uh, to better uh, the cause of your writing of music and educating young children? Well, I think, you know, one of the programs I support is the VH1 Save the Music program. Love it. Um, definitely, y'all can look into that. That's a very serious program. Um, I'm part of it. Queen Latifah's part of it. A lot of us, DJ Khaled's part of it. Um, we definitely support um, music programs in the schools. You know, I think, you know, again, to talk, taking music out of the schools is the biggest travesty that we're facing. We've got to put it back in it. And it's going to be people like you and I and the like to educate the people that have the ability to keep music and keep it in the schools where it belongs. And, uh, and, and, and to stress the fact of the matter is, as I always say, peace through music. Um, you can't have peace if there's no music behind it. 
what is your feelings on that itself? Do you feel that music can tame the savage beast? Well, I think music is part of taming the savage beast, you know, but uh, the education of music and using it as the right tool is always effective. Yeah, man. And and, and also, too, I'm, I, I'm real curious about this. If you were a young man, if there was a young Wyclef, what would you tell the younger Wyclef? Um, what would you, Just, what would your inspirations be to him? You know, pace yourself, take one day at a time, don't rush, you know, and um, and just stay focused, you know what I mean? And and also, too, when someone walks off and out of an audience at a Wyclef Jean concert, Carnival 2018, what is your biggest dream? What do you want the takeaway to be with that performance? I mean, when they walk out, they feel like they just left a revival, the global gumbo, you know, uh, an experience of a time machine. They just felt like, what the hell? We just took a, a ride around the whole world and came back. Do you do you get does Wyclef get the music business as it is today? Yeah, I mean, not only do I get it, I'm very effective in it, I'm very influential in it. All the way to the point where if it's DJ Khaled, Sample, and Maria Maria or Young Thug doing my song, it definitely feels good not to just be the old man in the room. You know what I mean? Talk about war stories, but that the kids still use the Wyclef music as reference. You know what I mean? You know, and, and Wyclef, um, and again, looking back and choosing the favorite child, is there a song that you weren't involved in that's in the musical history, the music soundtrack of our lives that you wish you had in your name put on that in a song? Yeah. What was Michael that? Jackson beat it. Really? Why? Greatest solo of all time. And, and just the energy of that song, the style of how Quincy Jones produced it, um, the sonics of electro against symphony music and sanity. Now, and also too itself, now in the way of engineers and producers and such, have you ever had the opportunity to work with Quincy at all on any projects? Definitely, I've worked with Quincy. Quincy, I consider him like the godfather. Also worked with Michael Jackson. I, I think if you Google like Wyclef and Quincy Jones song, it'll definitely pop up. Also Wyclef and Michael Jackson song. So um, I've, I've worked with everyone, man. Like, I'm just fortunate and continue to. You know, one thing I've always loved about Wyclef Jean is that you're open-minded, you're honest. And I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to put it right up front. What was your opinion about the interview placed with uh, Quincy Jones? I mean, once again, that's Q. Q is the godfather, you know, he's 85. And once again, he's there. So he's always going to have information. And um, and then once again, you have to information, right? So some people might be like, man, I don't like this information or that information. I don't. But the good thing is he puts it all out there, right? And at the end of the day, um, it's very important that the information is out there. And do you feel that... Um what he said was because of age that he's been through it all and he doesn't care or needed need to be told. You know, I'm not accused of accused. There's nothing to lose. You know all he could do is give you information. <laughs> you know, and when you're putting down music, let's say um, that Wyclef is now sitting in the studio and you've already got the song in your mind. Now, do you lay down the basic tracks? I got, you know, I'm curious as a musician, are you playing the rhythm section first? How are you writing that? What's the first to go down on paper, on the tape? Um, I definitely, it, it all depends. Sometimes I put the rhythm. Sometimes I put the... Okay, I'm sorry, you got cut out there. So you put the rhythm down, and what else did you cut out on that? Yeah. It starts off with the rhythm, bass line, sometimes guitar. Um, I, I love like bass and guitars. You know, I talked about before um, Madeline and uh, and Sky and the and what keeps it all together. And I'm I'm very grateful for my team here at Intertalk. In fact, I have a I have the CEO sitting next to me right now. They just walked into the studio and he wants to say hi to you, Wycliffe, because he's a big fan of yours. So I want Wycliffe to say hi to Florentino. Florentino, say hi to Mr. Sean. Hey, what's up, Wycliffe? How you doing, man? What's good? Everything is good. Oh, man, we're enjoying this interview, brother. I've been listening and uh, I'm here now. And, uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to Sky and Madeline because they were really, really 
uh, you know, influential in putting this all together. And I appreciate your team, man. You know, that's a, you know, we, we, we know how hard it is to, to make this industry work in this day and age. Uh, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Um, and I think Jackie was kind of alluding to that. I heard him talking to you about how this industry is working, man. I got a question for you. So I, everybody's got their questions in. We got, we probably got, I don't know. We're trying to get through all of them, but uh, we had like a hundred questions or something like that. It's just some crazy amount of, of you know, s- submissions that we, we, we have when we put this out. But uh, uh, my question for you is, man, what's the revenue model for this day and age? How, you know, you're on tour. Obviously, you know, you're talking about doing things like making motorcycles, new custom motorcycles, all these different things. What does Wyclef see as the way the next generation of musicians are going to start making revenue because most of these cats are having some challenges out here. And so I would say the bulk of my wealth comes from my publishing catalog, right? So that's worth a lot based on the catalog that I write. So all the musicians that are listening, the first thing is you have to build um, strength in catalog, okay? So it's important that you come up with a bulk of work that's great copyright, that because it's so much information, you want to be the go-to person. So if anybody's looking for a movie, set up a site. Set up orchestra music, jazz music, hip-hop, everything. This is important. Now, the way that you make money is what costs. Those sync licenses are very important. So, yeah. like, per month, that come in for my class. The revenue stream that I'm seeing is coming and selling product on tour. So the idea when people are saying, oh, CDs don't sell the world. Pack your bus up with CDs. Pack them up with hats. Pack them up with merchandise. Anything that you're trying to sell um, so that um, that it works, you know? Um, because what the crowd will do is they will buy, I call it an emotion. Yeah. Are you, are you there, Wycliffe? They are going to buy it all the time. Very cool. I'm sorry, man. Uh, we're we're having a little bit of uh, uh, of uh, interference. It sounds like there was uh, some some cutting in and out. I want to kind of summarize that for the the listening audience. Basically, get your licensing. Get they get that dialed in because that's what you know. That's what's driving Wyclef. Make sure you have all your CDs, all your your hats, anything else. In fact, I'm going to do a shameless plug for Jackie. We're we're launching Jackie's Brew today. We should talk to you about this one too, man. We're Jackie has his own line of coffee. And uh, um, so Jackie's Brew's coming out. I'm shamelessly plugging. No, it's okay. And we'll cut that out to the girls also, too. So we want to get... Yeah. Are you a coffee lover at all, Wycliffe? A what? Are you a coffee lover? Of course. I'm from Haiti. Okay, man. Well, okay, and, mine is, you know, and my coffee's all from Honduras. So I'm going to send you some out uh, to the offices itself. And I want you to get uh, jacked up on Jackie's Brew, for the lack of a better word. Exactly, man. And then, like I said, I'm just... 100%. It's all about that Jackie's Brew, baby. <laughs> dig it, man. Dig it. Wyclef Brew next, man. Wyclef Brew, exactly. <laughs> there, we go, there we go. But yeah, I just wanted to finish up that summary because there was a, some parts that you cut off. But yeah, I think that I think that is uh, is is huge in this day and age. Um, you know, you know, Microsoft just bought Spotify and all these different things. Licensing has definitely been huge for you. Um, can you see that happening in this day and age where you have uh, these artists? You know. Obviously, sync licensing is probably the biggest one that you you mentioned, but um, you know, getting those hits like you've had with you know with the Fujis with your own material. Hopefully, this this one's going to go through the roof. The biggest one that you ever had, this new release. Um, do you think that's a possibility with these these artists uh, that are just coming up right now? One hundred percent. And I tell the artists, compromise the artist. The artist number one, right? Adele is still Adele. She's through. She's invincible. Amy Winehouse, God bless her. She passed away. Oh, yeah. But you see her music. So artistry will always prevail everything. Beyonce is from the 90s. Easy's from the 90s. Clef is from the 90s. Puff is from the 90s. Um, Nas is from the 90s. This is 2018. How are we able to still be sustainable for younger generations? You know, I'm sorry. We're getting we're getting a really bad connection here, brother. Itself, I don't know if you're moving around the uh, the bowling rink at all, or uh, but on uh, the bowling alley. But I want to ask you a question, and, I, and this is a question that, that that I'm curious about. How does your music differ from when you were writing with the Fugees to what the music's coming out of your head right now? How much? What what has it changed, or do you feel it's been changed at all? It just got your name solo on it. Well, the biggest change is when I was with the Fugees, and I did "Killing Me Softly." I, I noticed that I made 
somebody millions of dollars through a publishing check. And I was like, holy crap, I want to be my own killing softly. So now when DJ Khaled and Rihanna samples my record, or when Miko samples my record, the checks become big. So the biggest thing that I love, right, that I heard from the Fuji's was the inspiration because a lot of that stuff I was sampling and producing, you know what I mean? Where's where's the, in, in in where you grew up? You know, growing up in Haiti, was there a trench town in Haiti that we uh, you want to share? And what's going on there now? Yeah, I'm really. This is the town like it, it's um it's the vibe. It's just like trench town, a lot of energy. Um, and I would say for me, a lot of my swag and rawness because I'm from that town. And and do you feel that the uh, the youth is actually latching onto it? Do they do they recognize even though you're not living in Haiti? Do they recognize that you still are the voice of? No, because for my country is like I am the Bob Marley, and you have to understand this is would be the disconnection is if I only put English material. If you all the way to the score, ever since I've been putting out English material, I've always put out Creole and French material. So there's. People that show up at my concert and they start seeing a whole bunch of people singing this French and Creole stuff, they're like, how have I missed that? It's nice that I've always put Creole stuff out. You know, and, and Michael, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I'm looking at the, the, the hundreds of questions that have been posed by our audience. If there was a cocktail, a drink out on the marketplace today in a bar, and someone sat down and ordered the Wyclef Jean, what would be in that cocktail? Um, it would be rum barbacoa which is a rum out of Haiti. Okay. It's called rum babanku. That would be mixed with fresh mangoes, right? Sweet mango, uh, fresh mango. Um, and then we would throw it with a little bit of apex and rum. I love it. And that would be a wrap. You know, as, and as I sit here in the studio next to my, my right is my wife, and it's a classic question she's always asked me to ask the entertainers itself. If you were to sit down and it was your last meal on earth, what is your favorite thing to eat? What what goes in Wyclef's tummy? Red snapper fish. We say that again. We we cut out there. Snapper fish and white rice. Okay, that's the bottom line. That's that's the staple of what you're eating itself. And also, too, I'm, I'm yeah. curious. And and another question from an audience member wants to know: Can you? Will you share the craziest thing that ever happened on the road with Wyclef? Probably in Japan, too much sake falling off the stage. I recommend that, I, and I, I can I can feel you on that, brother. When I used to work with a group called Hiroshima, we used to finish up the gigs afterwards with warm sake. And uh, and if you know what I'm talking about, it's not, it's not a it's not a fun vacation, for the lack of a better word. <laughs> okay, man, that's so yeah. cool. And and, and Wyclef, let me ask you this question too: if um if if Wyclef wasn't playing music, if you weren't educating and inspiring the people worldwide. And if music was never in your vocabulary at all, what would Wyclef Jean be, do, uh, be doing today? Well, two things. Probably be a coding engineer for music, one, okay. software, and the other two would probably teach music. Yeah. And is there, I mean, can you imagine your life without music? No, no. Life without music is Life without life. I, I, I agree hundred percent. And Florentine, you want to you want to pick up some other questions that I know you're looking at me and you're bobbing here. I might help if I turn on the microphone, right? <laughs> hey, Wyclef, man. Um, first off, is brother, dude. I'm enjoying this interview. Thank you very much for gracing us with your your time. I know that this is your your baby's birthday, man, and uh, uh, that we feel bl- blessed that you're spending this time with her. Tell, wish her a happy birthday from all of us at Inner Talk. Uh, you know, uh, w- when we get that uh, jam box out to you, man. You know, let her let her start that musical uh, experience off with with that thing. But uh, you know, we also we're here to promote you, brother, and that's we're here to support you. And once you've been on the inner talk radio network you are part of the family now man you are uh you know you're you know you're, you're out there and uh, we, we 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 will always identify with this great time that we had so with that said man um i know that you got some great social media profiles uh can you tell us a little bit about uh you know how people can follow you you said the the instagram at wyclef and i, I know that you have twitter because you followed us there uh and of course they can go to uh uh you know your wyclef john uh uh wyclef Whitecliff.com. Whitecliff.com. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool, man. Uh, you know, 
my because we're going to make it out there, you know, with, with all that everything going on for the 420 gig over there at uh, Embarcadero. Um, you know, got the new tunes. Uh, what what else can we expect? Are there any surprises at this at this concert that you're going to be uh, gracing us with on 420? Without a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, right. Without a spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, if somebody's not collect I I for brand new life. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, who's not a White Clef fan? I think everybody uh, here in the station is, man. Because your your sound transcends so many different genres and so much different flavor. Um, you know, we had a we had a question from uh, uh, Cindy Ibarra that was kind of an interesting one. Um, you know, the, the, the sound Americana has been coming out right now, and you've got these, uh, you know, the success of people like Chris Stapleton. Is that an, an arena that you, uh, a arena mm-hmm. that you could be uh, jumping into, man? Is that something that you uh, see yourself exploring? Oh, and- yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. I look forward to exploring, you know, like definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely unique, and I think uh, is there a sound that people that you're going to look at exploring that people would find is a, a surprise or a shock that wow, he really he went there. I think what always shocks people is when they look at uh, the country chip tribute to Johnny Cash, and they see me singing "Billions Gone" by Johnny Cash, which is one of the most obscure Johnny Cash songs. Um, they trip out on how much I know about country music. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, that that is very cool. It's very cool. You know, and White Club, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this this interview up. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And White Club, I'll, I'll in the words of Florentino Buenaventura, we are so honored that you accepted our invitation. Thank you to Madeline. Thank you to Sky for being part of the uh, Inner Talk Radio and Jackie's Groove family itself. So Wyclef, you know, I want the audience and the listeners worldwide to say thank you, brother. Thank you for all you've done and all you will do for the music industry itself. Um, and as I say with all of my ending um, broadcast, and I say this steadfast, my brother, peace through music, and if it's not health-related, it ain't shit, man. That's what the bottom line is. So thank you very much, Wyclef. Bye. Everybody say well, thank, thank you to Wyclef, John. Thanks, Wyclef, man. And we give Appreciate you an applause, it. brother. And, uh, we, will, and we will see you, so you on... Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. And we'll see you on 420, 420. And, and we will also be sending you out a Jambox and to, uh, to Michael and to Dwight at Jambox.com. Thank you for your support. Wyclef, God bless you, brother. Godspeed and safe travels. We'll see you here in Southern California. Love you, brother. Thank you. Much love.